0: The Free For All Roundtable.
1: Round two. On round two, we say good morning to Richard Krause, host of the podcast, Last Call with Richard Krause. Robert Benzie is here, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. And Sunira Chaudhry, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Good morning to you all. Um, let's start with the story about the possibility that, uh, the city wants the province to upload two rail lines. That's going to be, of course, the Eglinton Crosstown and the Finch Crosstown or whatever we're calling that. Robert Benzie, I'll start with you because it's uh, definitely a Queens Park story and it just seems like, I don't know, why don't we just upload the whole city and become Washington, D.C.?
2: Well, exactly. Um, at a certain point, it certainly seems to be going that way. This is an interesting story that my colleague at the Canadian Press, Alison Jones, broke um, about uh, through some Freedom Information uh, requests that she did. And it, 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 I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting, but not surprising that the that the city cannot cope with um, with, with some of these large. Uh, uh, assets that it has to has to run. That's why I think, you know, right now we're talking a lot about when the government's going to upload the Gardner Expressway and the Don Valley Parkway back to the province. I think I won't be surprised if one day you see the entire TTC uploaded to the province, because it's just clear that the the city has a difficult time managing it. And they're always complaining about the fare box not being good enough for for the revenue. So, I, I mean, I think this is the way we're headed. And you see it in other large cities where, you know, bigger governments or higher levels of government are running transit systems.
1: Okay, but Richard Krauss, it also strikes me, we keep on discovering things we can't afford to pay for ourselves and then saying, hey, you pay for it.
0: Yeah, but someone's got to pay for it. And I think that with the amount of stuff that was downloaded to the city uh, in previous years, that I think we just have to have a really hard look around the city, which is not functioning well. We're not a high-functioning city uh, in so many uh aspects particularly i think in transit but in so many other aspects because we simply can't afford uh so much of the infrastructure and the um uh the 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 things that we that we need to make sure that Torontonians have, um, you know, a, a, a good, happy life or able to to have a good, happy life in this city. And so I think we're going to have to upload some stuff to the provincial government. And frankly, you know, I'm all for it. If it makes life in the city better, um, I'm all for it. OK, but Sanira, if I was
1: uh, living in Burlington or Sudbury or Ottawa, I would think, wait a second. Why do I have to pay to run the transit system in Toronto?
3: Yeah, I I mean, I think, John, it's actually a a bigger question even than going to the province. Uh, We we talked about it last week where uh, we talked about immigration, the federal government's lofty goals on immigration and bringing hundreds of thousands of immigrants into uh, the country. And if you go to Canada.ca and you look at, well, what co- what city is being highlighted the most? Well, it's Toronto, of course. Most new immigrants want to come to Toronto. And we absolutely need that infrastructure to support that growth. That growth is coming here. And Canada's got to be that, I uh, sorry, Toronto's got to be that showstopper for the rest of the country. If we don't have the infrastructure to support new people coming to this country, I mean, how are we going to be a model for other cities in this country to actually support the immigration that the federal government is basically foisting upon the provinces. So there's got to be more, I think, federal uh, connection here, because absolutely every, every single year we have Over 100,000 immigrants coming to the city of Toronto, we need more support from the feds, I think especially when it comes to transportation in order to meet that goal.
1: A number of our colleagues accepted an invitation from the Israeli consulate yesterday to go to the consulate and watch footage from October 7th. And it is graphic and disturbing, even talking about it is upsetting and triggering people. Richard Krauss, uh, we talked earlier this morning to Scott Reed about it. And then he actually sent an email saying, hoping that wasn't too graphic, but I thought, no, I think people need an appreciation of just how horrific October 7th was.
0: Oh, if you need an appreciation, read Rosie DeMano's column uh, today in the Toronto Star. Um, it, it will make your blood run cold. And, uh, you know, the thing that really struck me about her column was when she talked about uh, the glee with which uh, so many of the members of Hamas, uh, uh, that they they spoke about the things that they were doing with glee. They acted sort of almost joyfully. And um, it it is truly terrifying that to me and uh, she says this in the article somewhere um that to me is the thing and I haven't seen the footage and I will not see the footage but that to me is the thing that is uh, absolutely blood curdling about this whole thing is the the that there is an element of joyfulness uh to it that just uh, I I can't even begin to wrap my head around uh the horror um and the the just the the terrible mindset that you have to be to find joy in killing babies and decapitating people and that it is beyond comprehension. Yeah, Sonera, I think that uh,
1: Rosie does capture that and often just by quoting people who appear in the footage. And it's a common tactic to try to delegitimize uh, your enemy by describing them as animals. But honestly, you don't need to describe them as animals. They behave like them in this video.
3: Yeah, uh, the the article it is it is what she calls it soul crushing. Um, the quotes that she's picked up, I mean, very very young people celebrating uh, s- celebrating who they're killing in in in, in numbers. You know, um, there, there there's one quote about you know I killed ten with my bare hands. It's it is absolutely crushing to to read this and. I think her article really reminds us all war is is primitive it's very localized this is not to um militaries to countries through their militaries and their and their armed forces fighting this is very very localized it's 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 everyday people that are fighting and um I, you know what what I came away with was that the integrity in these sort of territory territorial defense practices i mean it just becomes debased week after week when you and when you really begin to see the evidence you see the rawness of the war it's it's just it does leave you disgusted and speechless.
1: Just reading Rosie demano's account of this is appalling because she captures it so perfectly, as she always does. Turning right on red. Actually, Richard, let me start with you on this one because you spend an awful lot of time as a pedestrian. And the pitch from a U of T researcher is that having right on red as compared to a city that doesn't have it actually leads to more pedestrians and cyclists being struck. So, should we end right on red, or is that a bridge too far?
0: I don't know if it's a bridge too far, but I, I do think that it uh, we need, as pedestrians, and I am mostly a pedestrian in this city. Uh, And as bike riders, we have to start paying attention to the rules as well. This isn't just all about the cars. You know, where I live, uh, downtown, uh, people walk or people jaywalk as much as they uh, legally cross the streets. And uh, bicyclists are all over the place. And I mean, we have bike lanes uh, along where where I am. Uh, But uh, bicyclists are on sidewalks. They are going down one-way streets the wrong way. They They are literally all over the place. So uh, I think we don't need to end this, but I think we need to do is just everybody just be a little bit more careful and start playing by the rules and we'll be fine.
1: Sabrina and Angie, one of my chief objections actually is that the red, yellow, green light for traffic is pinned to the countdown clock. So if we could have a staggered crossing and allow people to cross while all lights are red or something like that, then pedestrians would reach a place of safety before the cars were even action have we lost sabrina now okay so it's the are you there
3: i'm here i'm here Um,
1: oh i'm sorry yes in
3: i was wondering who are you who you're throwing it to john but um when it when it comes to i think the city right now as it stands i think when it comes to the red light in particular um i you know living off of young street most of Young Street right now is just one lane each way. And so if you can't make that right on red, uh, given all of the construction, given so many of the uh, of those single lanes across Adelaide, going north and south on Bay Street and Young Street. The, the city would be more gridlocked than ever before. So I don't think this study is misplaced or misguided. I think the timing is all wrong and potentially this is something Toronto could consider in a couple of years, but not in the snarling sort of construction that we're all, you know, stuck in currently.
1: Richard Krause, does it make your head hurt to take in the prospect of having to rename birds because
0: they were named after people who might have had a
1: dodgy past?
0: I think we're just going to have to start giving everything numbers. (laughs) <laughs> we're just not going to name things after anyone or anything anymore. Everything's just going to be assigned a number, and that will be it. And until they discover some, you know, problem with the numbering system, we'll be fine.
1: There's a bit of a mania here. We've got Robert Benzie back this time on the phone. Robert Benzie, we're talking about the renaming of birds to get away from people with uh, shadowed pasts. Let's put it that way. But honestly, this is getting to a point of ridiculousness. We're renaming. Birds.
2: Yeah, this is an interesting story that my colleague Katie Dobbs has on our front front page this morning, John. And I, yeah, it does it does remind one a little bit of of the Dundas Street debacle. You know, we're going to rename Dundas Street, even though it was named after an abolitionist. We're renaming it after someone who's, who wasn't enough of an abolitionist, uh, didn't move quickly enough by 21st century standards back in the early 1800s. So I think this is the problem, the lack of context. So this, this bird situation is, is interesting, and I understand it intuitively, I guess, but at a certain point, it, it it becomes a little nonsensical, and I think we're going to we're going to it almost becomes Orwellian. Maybe maybe you can't use the word Orwellian anymore because there's controversy about about George Orwell, Eric Blair, as his real
1: name was. Okay, and Sunira, I, I just you know when I see uh, Sprague's Pippet, I don't think about this unfortunate Mister Sprague.
3: Yeah, I I don't think about it, but I do. I, it seems like these birders and i think that they're they're a wild bunch i mean when i go to
0: uh,
3: (laughs) when i go to some spots and some parks in toronto where you see these folks coming out with their huge lenses um uh, you know, photographing these birds, these watchers are are really, really uh, into it. So I think it's. They say. I mean, according to this article, it's going to be a lot of fun to change uh, what looks like hundreds of names. So it sounds like this is something that it, that sort of the, that hobbyist group is really sort of. Hungry for, so I guess it's going to create a resurgence for for the birders. That's for sure.
1: Perhaps my dad was a birder, actually. Well, thank you all, and sorry for the uh, name mix-up, Sanera. Oh,
3: I'll be here next week anyway, John.
1: All right, Sanera Chaudhry, she's a <laughs> lawyer. Don't mess around, Robert Benzi and Richard Kraus. Catch the round table. round one at seven forty-five, round two at eight forty-five. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning News Talk ten ten Toronto.